Welcome back to the Substantiate Podcast. I know it's been a couple weeks since I last recorded an episode, had a couple things lined up, fell through, Thanksgiving took a bit of time off, tons of different stuff going on. Bottom line, I'm back here today with Joe Daly. This is, I think, his third time coming back on the podcast, so you might remember him. Uh, Today, we're talking NFL football, we're talking about some of the rookie class, because that's what we last talked about right after the draft in April or May, and then we also get into some fantasy talk that might help you in your fantasy playoffs that at this point may have already started, or they may start this week or next week, and some waiver wire ads potentially, all that kind of stuff. I know this is a really long episode. We talk about a lot of stuff. I think that if you're not that interested in the fantasy, then definitely the first 45 minutes to an hour will still be really engaging uh, NFL talk. So definitely stick around for that. And again, like I said, this is a really long episode, so I'm going to keep this intro short. This week, I'm joined by Joe Daly. How are you today, Joe? I'm great. Well, how are you doing, my man? Good. So I know that you've been up to a ton of different things over the entire football season so far. So we last had you on the podcast back in either late April or May, uh, sort of after the NFL draft. So do you want to give the listeners an update on what you've been doing lately? Yeah, sure. And it, it was it really in April, man. The time flies. That feels <laughs> like it was like a month ago. But uh, yeah. So um, as uh, if if you've been listening to the show, you know that um, my name's Joe Daly, and I am a I have been the host of Airing It Out with Joe Daly, a uh, fantasy football podcast um, with the website airingitout.com and all that. Uh, so that was you know going up into the year. I was vamping up for that. Got all the technology stuff going. You know all the upgrades to uh, my little production. Uh, stuff here and then um you know uh once the season hit right around or right before the season hit i actually um was very lucky to uh kind of sign on a little part-time gig with rotowire.com who uh you know they're major you know big time hitters in the uh fantasy football or fantasy sports world i should say uh and i you know i've been writing for them doing a lot of, if, you, if you play fantasy then you know if you're on the espn app DraftKings, stuff like that CBS Sports, all that you see uh, those updates for the players when you click on your your roster and you you click on each individual player, you get those little updates. Uh, that might be me. You might you may have read something I wrote. Um, I, I focus a lot on the Denver Broncos. Uh, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan, but it is what it is. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I focus a lot on the on the Broncos as a uh, kind of a beat writer for them, or you know, for. For so wire, so you say. got to watch the Cowboys get crushed. Oh, I don't want to Denver. talk about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was nice talking to you, Will. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, that was where a did one. Joe go? <laughs> oh God, horrible. But I'm telling you, is uh, you know, but yeah. So I I get to you know kind of watch them closely and, and follow their follow like the their beat reporters on Twitter for like you know um for De- like the Denver Gazette and all these other people over there that are following team and any updates that I could provide type those updates into those little apps that go, you know, into the rotowire thing comes out to your, uh, to your phone, to your DraftKings account, all that, uh, which has been fun. And then 
on top of that, uh, about a couple, I think it was like week two of the uh, NFL season, they asked me to do a um, a weekly feature article uh, called the um, NFL reactions, and then you know for for each week. Uh, so after the one and four o'clock games, that typically posts around the start of the eight o'clock game. Um, so that's been fantastic because as as I've told you, I'm I'm super passionate about writing and fantasy football um, and podcasting. Obviously, something I'm growing to love as well, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's 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 been amazing to kind of have that trajectory pretty quickly uh, within RotoWire, which again is a very it's a renowned, like well known, um, you know, publication. They do so much. They're on SiriusXM Radio, and they have their own podcast. They do. They're all over the place, and they're fantastic. So, just to be a member of that team is is uh, like a dream come true. And uh, you know, it's, it's great to get my foot in the door, and the the people there are so nice. But if you don't subscribe, you know, go over. It's a you know, it's a pay for site. Most of their content, I think, some content is. Uh, uh, I think free to view, but you know, if you don't already and you play fantasy football, RotoWire is fantastic. They have so many tools, lineup optimizers, DFS strategy. I mean, everything you could think of under the sun. Uh, you know, it's fantastic. So if you don't have a, an account with them, um, go sign up. You won't be uh, disappointed. And you get to read me, so <laughs> <laughs> which is cool. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been a busy uh, busy season so far. And um, just to kind of tie that up. The podcast airing it out uh, and all that has taken a bit of a backseat with uh, with what I'm doing with RotoWire uh, and just life being so busy. But uh, I plan on getting that going again towards the end of the season, just to kind of finish strong, kind of playoff push for fantasy managers out there to be able to kind of provide that and kind of get my stuff going, try out all this new technology I got for the <laughs> podcast, to, you know, and do it. I'm really excited. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, it's been great. And it's great to be back, Will, for sure. Yeah definitely getting new technology is always exciting when i first got the microphone about a year ago now maybe a little more than you know as soon as i unboxed it and you know clicked record for the first time and wanted to hear how it was and then i immediately sent like five invitations to potential guests oh yeah always exciting oh yeah (laughs) no it's 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 cool and um you know i'm just i'm excited and just seeing you do your thing is fantastic and uh, you know like i said i love the show so Keep up the good work, my man. This is uh, this is fun. So, again, always happy to be here. Thank you. So today, like Joe was talking about making a playoff push, uh, we're going to talk about the NFL, which is now more than halfway through the season, which is kind of hard to believe with everything going on. Now, I wonder if you include the preseason and the postseason, if it still comes out to halfway. But still, definitely along the journey. And so first, we're going to look back at all of the rookies of of this year's draft class, uh, which was what we talked about last time when Joe was on the podcast, and see how they've compared to expectations. Would you have drafted them in the same spot? You know, now looking back six months later, And then after that, we're going to get into some more fantasy football type stuff. What players are going to continue to grow over the rest of the season? And what players are going to step into bigger roles, smaller roles, coming back from injuries, all of those kinds of things. What you can expect from the remainder of the NFL season. Because even if it's halfway done, there's still a lot to come. Oh, yeah. Big time. 
(laughs) (laughs) So for starters, looking back at this draft class, I don't think you can start anywhere else but the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback out of Clemson. Everyone knew he was going to be the number one pick, but Trevor Lawrence has not quite had the optimal season. Even in their win the other week against Buffalo, they didn't score a touchdown. So (laughs) what would you say, Joe, is maybe the biggest issue with so far what's gone on in Jacksonville for Trevor Lawrence? Well, I think the fact that he's in Jacksonville is the biggest issue. I mean, (laughs) here's the thing. The guy's a supreme talent, and he should have been picked number one. I mean, honestly, there there wasn't a mistake. Just because he hasn't been great, it's it's more a function of the – the cast and crew around him, um, the coaching staff, uh, Urban Meyer. I don't know how long he'll be in Jacksonville. I wonder if this is a one and done sort of thing for him. But yeah, I mean, Jack- Jacksonville just, there's a reason why they had the number one pick. They were horrible. They're, they don't have a good team. And they're, you know, they're skill position players, eh, you know, underwhelming defense, eh, not great, you know, not, not even good. Um, he just doesn't have the cast and crew around. So, I mean, it's hard for anybody to step into a situation like that and be a savior. You know, you have these uh, uh, quarterbacks that are doing well this year. I'm sure we'll talk about, for instance, take a Mac Jones. He enters <laughs> arguably one, at least one of the great like coaching situations in the league. He has yeah. a great defense. He has a running game, not only with, you know, solid backs, but like the, you know, a good blocking scheme. And like they, they, they do things well, but, you have experienced one of the best head coaches ever. <laughs> uh, so you have a guy like him stepping in that situation. You know, he was picked when, like in, in the early teens or whatever it was, the you know, middle, middle of the round there. But yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going to continue to grow as that team gets some pieces around him. Cause again, they're going to be picking at the, <laughs> at the top of the draft again, as they start to flesh that out and really start to hopefully hire like a good GM that that's going to make some moves. That'll, that'll make sense. And, and, Again, I, I'm not a big Urban Meyer fan. We'll see how long he's there. But I, you know, it, it's it's more a function of what's around him. I think I think he has more interceptions than he does touchdowns. I think he has eight eight touchdowns passing and uh, nine picks. So yep. again, not not a great start to the year. Um, you know, his completion percentage is is sub sixty. I think it's like fifty high fifties. I mean, again, not great. But again, it's the it's the talent around him. It's not quite there. He's he's had some flashes, and that's why they draft. I mean, that's not why they, why they draft him, but you see his potential. You saw it all in college. He was the most, uh, you know, arguably NFL ready quarterback coming out, clutch in the big spots, you know, national championships, all that. He'll be fine, just not right away. He hadn't yeah. lost a regular season game since like high school. Yeah, I heard that. Started, and yeah. then week one gets pounded and that was against houston in week one i have a friend here in toronto that for some reason is a jacksonville jaguars fan actually i think it's from the tv show the good place because there's a couple jags fans in there and i'm talking to him before week one and i'm like you know i think this whole new head coach new quarterback they might be able to pull something off against houston but no they did horribly and i mean i don't even know how those two teams are in the same division right because they're just both so bad so bad i mean i i I mean honestly let's just 
you don't even have to get out of the first round to question the, the decision making, you know, from the back in the draft. Why pick Travis Etienne? Why? Like, we know that running backs typically, you don't have to take one in the first round. A lot of these guys are undrafted or the fifth round picks. But to me, that decision right there, sure up your offensive line, get a defensive player right there, do something to support the guy that's going to be your franchise, quote unquote, like if he ends up sticking with the team. And who knows, after his rookie contract, he might be running the other way. But, um, yeah, just like you don't have to leave the first round of, the, of last year's draft to say, Jacksonville, what are you doing, you know? Yeah, I mean, Jacksonville's had its off-the-field problems with Urban Meyer as well, and you won't get too much into that. But, I mean, just in my opinion, one of the biggest things, and obviously every general manager in the NFL at least should know more than you or I will ever know but about football But at the same time, it's like you see this, whether it's in Jacksonville or with the Jets, like you can't just draft a quarterback with supreme talent and then expect them to flourish in the NFL because the NFL just isn't the same. The talent level's just so much higher. And I think that teams should first get a solid offensive line situation get a decent receiver, maybe a tight end, maybe even a good running back, and then slot the quarterback in there where he can succeed. And, I mean, you see this, I mean, Trevor Lawrence was more NFL ready than Zach Wilson was, but the Jets, they didn't go out and sign a veteran quarterback to start and then, you know, let Zach Wilson get a few snaps here or there, third quarter drive you're up by 14 points although that wouldn't really happen with the jets say well, down you know they, they did have but. joe flacco think about this they did have joe flacco i believe did they did they trade him they got they got rid of him and yes then, oh so, no that's what it was they let him go at the end of the year he didn't want to come back but he's they stay you know they, they sent a pick it's like you a just could have signed the guy for like the league minimum now you're <laughs> sending yeah six round or whatever it was i'm just again but that's what we're we're talking about. Decision making for these teams that end up picking at the top of the draft for a reason. It's decision making. It's lack of you know top tier talent. Yep. Like a, or a collection of talent. You know, it's that's and those are gonna play. Those things are gonna plague those um, franchises until they get them fixed. Until they hire the right guys. Now with the Jets, I like this solid guy. I, I think he's gonna start turning things around. Hopefully, and again, they got to make good picks. They got to continue. And I think Zach Wilson. Could be good. I really do. Um, I believe it was a Chris Sims. If you, if you listen to any of his stuff, um, he's on pro football talk. He's on NBC's uh, like the Sunday night coverage and stuff. Uh, Phil Sims on it. And Chris Sims used to play, I think for the bucks as a backup, maybe a couple other plays. But anyways, I, I he, uh, he's a great like quarterback analyst being one himself back in the day. So <laughs> I love listening to him and he was very high on uh, Zach Wilson. If I remember correctly, so and I trust his his eye for those things. So I again, and this is a very similar situation to Trevor Lawrence, which is like, okay, it's not going to happen right away, but I think with the pieces, he could do be more than serviceable um, with the sort of skill set he has. So I mean, we'll see. Again, a lot of this is, you know, even at the draft, it's always who knows, you know, and it's still even even through you know half a season, it's we got to wait and see situations it's their first year it's you know the situations are horrible as as one would expect and um 
you know, it's, it's all guessing game at the end of the day. And, uh, the P like you said, the people that know should know more. Sometimes it's like, no, (laughs) do they? Sometimes they make you think. Oh yeah. Right. So then ultimately if you're drafting an offensive lineman in with a top 10 pick, it's not really such a high risk pick in this, especially compared to a quarterback, because if you're drafting an offensive lineman, ultimately every place is going to generally ask the same thing from that lineman, right? Just block, you know, obviously there's different kinds of blocking, run blocking, pass blocking. Right. I think that. it's I think for GMs it's easier to hit on those skill position players because yeah. like what like you said, their 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 skill sets are very determined, like they're very defined. You can see them on tape. Mm-hmm. The thing that could get a little hard is when you have someone from you know, maybe a smaller school that isn't playing the same level of talent as like an SEC team week in and week out. Yeah. Um that's where that, that's where again it, it's their expertise that are saying, Okay, that guy can still do he has the athleticism in this. And the pro days, they, you know, they go through all the combine stuff for all that. But those are a little bit easier to grade, I would imagine. Again, I don't know, but I would imagine, <laughs> you know, but to that point, though, I would say with what you're saying, quarterbacks are at such a premium that everyone wants the next Mahomes, right? Whether you get or, or even the Prescott's of the fourth round, who is, I mean, he came into the league, his, his deep ball accuracy, there were so many flaws in his passing game. So I don't know who is coaching him up in Dallas. Over the past few years, but he is, it's night and day. I mean, I remember, I, I, I'm a Dak guy. You know, when I was a Romo, my buddies will tell you, I'm a Romo fanatic, right? I, I just I absolutely, one of my favorite athletes of all time. But, you know, so Dak came in. I like Dak. I thought he played really well that first year. You know, I was like, oh, okay, maybe our guy of the future. And then obviously Romo, uh, you know, he was done. But <laughs> to see, to see uh, his progression in just like two years, three years, is, it's crazy to me. So it's like everyone wants to hit on the guy. And the thought is, okay, if these if this is the highly touted prospect that all these people are talking up, you know, we won't get laughed out of the <laughs> out of the league, yeah. out of the draft if we take this guy. Yeah. Like a two Tua had a lot of the skill sets that you you know you want to see. A, a great deep ball, could place the ball wherever you want, you know, he had good decision making, all that stuff. Now again, hasn't been great. Offensive line play, ooh, not great. You know, all, yeah. so much going wrong there. Um, you know that you know two in what his second year now. Do they have their quarterback? You know, but at the fifth overall pick, he's there. At one point before that, he was he, he was like the consensus number one overall pick for a lot of people off the board. Like that's that's who they had at the top. I think like a year a year ahead of the draft. So it's just like you know these desperate teams. Yeah, uh, you know it's an offensive lineman if they have a. A uh, pretty bad offensive line is the pick that will long term potentially you can easy it's easier to hit on I should say right yeah but but if you do hit on the Mahomes you know it's just like it's the gamble that they have to take and Whereas, I think that's what's appealing about it that a general manager sees Trevor Lawrence you're like this guy's the guy we well, gotta yeah, get a sexy him. pick it, well in that case it, I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be very good but. It's the sexy pick, number one. And number two, if you hit the value on the quarterback to sustain success in your franchise is so much greater than one offensive lineman. And in these drafts, the offensive linemen and all, you know, a lot of the linemen positions, defense, 
they're deep typically at almost every year, you know, and I know in the more recent uh, drafters, they've been pretty deep. Right. But that's, it's that calculated risk of, is this the guy? Are we going to kick ourselves in the rear end? If we don't get him? like the dolphins, they took two ahead of Justin Herbert right now. Was it the right pick? I, I don't think so. Cause Herbert look is looking like he could have some, Mahomes potential. Mahomes that is, you know, as that is uh you know, A game because Mahomes has been putting up C's and B's recently. But uh, you know, I, yeah, Herbert's looking like he has that sort of potential, whereas Tua again still remains to be seen. But a lot of the offense in, in Miami, so dink and dunk and five yards past the so it, it you know, it yeah, it's really hard to do it's really hard to do this stuff. It is. I I, I don't envy the people that have to make these decisions and scout and all that, but Someone's got to do it, and then we're going to talk about it. That's that's the way life goes, <laughs> <laughs> you know? All right, I'm just going to take one moment before we get back to the program with Joe to tell you about Built Bar. You all know how much I already love these bars. They're protein bars, but honestly, they kind of taste like candy bars. All have their double chocolate flavor some nights if I'm like... Hey, you know what? Can I go have some dessert or a double chocolate built bar? They've got a ton of amazing flavors. Coconut brownie chunk up there, one of my favorites. Uh, And they're still selling that right now, although I believe that's a limited time uh, flavor. They've got a bunch of different flavors coming in and out for the holiday season. Plenty of flavors. And I mean... You really can't go wrong with most of the bars there on Built.com. And if you use code SUBSTANTIATE at checkout, then you'll save yourself 10% off your final order. Again, Built.com, code SUBSTANTIATE, the name of this podcast, 10% off your order at Built.com. Yeah, the situation in Jacksonville isn't that different from New York with the Jets, with the exception of Zach Wilson getting hurt a couple weeks ago. And then you have this guy no one's ever heard of. Mike. Well, actually, you may have heard of him because nope. he was, oh, no, <laughs> not, not even a little bit, <laughs> like fifth round by the Cowboys <laughs> a few years ago. You see, even a gigantic Cowboys fan, no idea who this I, guy I heard, is. I heard he was a former Cowboy. I said, wait, who, what? Okay, <laughs> if you say so. Yeah, no idea. But I mean, in 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 that what was it the Bengals, right? Yeah, I mean, in that little spot start he had, not bad. I mean, and again, the Bengals, the Bengals defensively haven't been like world stoppers, but they've been okay, you know. And for the Jets to come out and do what they did, and Michael Carter, rookie yep. uh, running back, it was impressive. But that, again, that and that speaks to this idea of the NFL and all these things are so hard to predict. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just it's it's crazy how on any you know you always hear on any given Sunday it's it's so true. You know, a lot of these like and was it a week or two ago? So many um crazy upsets and stuff. Like there were like six or seven underdogs that won. I think it was two weeks ago. And it's the same sort of like every week. I feel like I'm asking, is this player for real? Is this team for real? Are they contenders? You know. Um, what's going on there? You know, I feel like it's constant, constant, constant. So when we look at these rookies, it's like throw them into the mix of like, Hey, it's your first year, go have fun. And all this other stuff that's going on. It's just been, it's been a wild year, a wild year. 
And not just that, but it's it's like, well, when does the luck run out? Okay, uh, on Thursday night, the Patriots were favored by like six and a half or something, and they go and blow out Atlanta like 25 to nothing. And then at the same time, a week or two ago, it's Rams at 49ers. The Rams are favored by like four points. I take the Rams on statementgames.com being like, oh man, this is, that's a great line. And sure enough, they also get blown out. So, I, I mean, they're, just when you think you've got it figured out, you don't. If you think you have it figured out, you could not be more wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's insane. I was joking. If someone put like a six-game parlay on with the, the all those underdogs uh, winning a couple weeks back, I mean, like it was the Denver Cowboys week that, you know, um, you know, when uh, the Denver, when the Broncos just absolutely destroyed the Cowboys. If, if everyone had, oops, sorry about that. If everyone had a, uh, anyone had a parlay bet on that, they, they'd be on a yacht somewhere, you know, <laughs> for like, for like 10 bucks, they, they'd be sitting on a, on a yacht somewhere. So it's, it's just incredible. Like you said, you just don't know. Um, and these rookies, um, listen. We talk quarterbacks, but some of these uh, wide receivers, you know, there's been some big names coming out of the draft that are are really like it's it got to have some of the people that were ahead of those picks saying, damn it, you know, we <laughs> yeah close, you know, I don't know, it's, it's been wild. All right. So now, I mean, Trey Lance hasn't quite played as much. He's played in just four games, so. Looks like Which I remember. To say bad yeah, now. you just you just dawned on me. Uh, it just dawned on me our last conversation. I said no. I I think for sure he'll be starting. Which, listen, I think it was the right choice to go with Garoppolo upon you know careful consideration to start the year off with the veteran. Let the let the rookie sit behind and watch. Da, da, yeah. da, da. and they had a good team around Garoppolo. You know, let's see if we can get some wins our, under our belt. Now, wasn't the case. <laughs> they didn't get a, a ton of wins. They're starting to climb back a little bit here, but. I am stunned that he's not in right now. Like, or, you know, or if he's not in in the next few weeks when they're out of contention, which I assume will happen, but I could, again, could be wrong. If they are in contention, I think they'll keep Garoppolo. But once they fall out of contention, I imagine it would be shocking to me if, if um, Trey Lance isn't in. He's just, he gives the team a weapon that they don't have with Garoppolo in there. It gives the defense more to worry about. And the guy's not a bad passer. He has work to do, but he was taken at the top of the draft for a reason. He can, he can be successful through the air, you know? It's a learning yeah. curve. But look at these. Again, you got Zach Wilson out there. Or had him out there until he got hurt. You got, uh, you know, Trevor. All these top tier or, you know, top of the draft guys, I should say, are going out. Once the Niners are, like, noticeably out of contention, I would be stunned if he's not in. So for fantasy... Got a great schedule at the end of the year. <laughs> at the end of the year, solid QB schedule against uh, some pretty crappy defenses. So, little yeah. pro tip before we get to the fancy portion of this, <laughs> you know, if he's out on your waiver wire, maybe stash. yeah. And I mean, that's one thing I think the 49ers did well, right? You get, I mean, realistically, keeping the veteran, you know, let Trey Lance get settled in and work him in slowly, but then ultimately. Just like what happened in Chicago, well, the starter gets hurt, and now you got the rookie in. And again, when we had talked last time, right, 
the Andy Dalton signs with Chicago one-year deal. Seems like Chicago knew exactly what they're doing, uh, looking back on it at least, right? We're getting the veteran quarterback and then for one year, then we're drafting the quarterback, sits behind the veteran for a little while and works his way in. Now, they had also said specifically QB1, and after they draft Justin Fields, especially to trade up for Justin Fields, it was a little shocking, but again, looking back on it, not that crazy. When it's Andy Dalton, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Hey, you started games for Dallas last year also. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and look how that turned out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, and here's the thing about Justin Fields. He's a guy that I got to imagine, and, and again, maybe maybe they know something about where Rodgers is going next year. But I am stunned that the Broncos didn't take Justin Fields when they could have, because because the Broncos have a good team around it. And listen, Teddy Bridgewater is doing a, a, a decent job managing the offense. He's not taking a lot of shots. It's a lot of running. It's a lot of you know the running game. They're they're doing all right. I mean, well, record wise, or eh. but uh, he's he's managing the offense enough. But they're just not putting up enough points. And in today's NFL points are where it's at. You gotta put. You gotta be able to contend with the Mahomes in your uh, division. You know. And, and the Chargers that can like put up 30 on you in a second, um, typically. But, you know, to see Justin Fields not go there, and instead they took, uh, who did they take? Patrick Sertain, who I thought the Cowboys would end up getting. Um, you know, Sertain, Sertain, whatever it is. But, uh, you know, to, to, to not take Justin Fields there and let, let the, you know, the Bears come up, trade up for him. I thought it was a solid pick, and you know things were shaky to start, but it looks like he's starting to come into his own. He's another one that I think is a little bit um, uh, held back by the system he's in, held back by the yeah. coaching staff. I don't think Matt Nagy's going to last much longer, is my guess, um, with another down year, assuming they don't like go on some crazy run. Um, I don't know how long he's actually there, but uh, I think if someone can come in and take advantage of his talents, and again, he's the guy's a gamer. He he. Uh, he has the spotlight experience, you know, uh, back in uh, back in college and using his legs. Look at look at who we have that's at the top of the league right now. Lamar Jackson, right? These are all like MVP candidates. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. The, these are guys yeah. that can throw. And again, Lamar Jackson, another one, kind of like Dak, progressing in the passing game, taking shots, accuracy improving. You get again, you have the right coaching staff that can do that and, and kind of coach up your your guys that already have the potential there. there. There's, again, Denver, unless they know, hey, I think we got Rodgers next year or something like that. They got to be kicking themselves, um, you know, because they were right in that, they were right in that area at the end of the, you know, top 10 there. Um, so it's it, it was shocking for me, but I, I think he's going to be someone that pans out. I don't think he's going to be Brady or anything like that, but I think he could have a really, really solid career. And he's showing some flashes lately, using his legs when he needs to, airing the ball out where, where he can. Again, that stuff I think will improve. Yeah. It can, you know. Look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen, his accuracy was horrible in his what first year or whatever it was. First two. Yeah. And then now look at him. I mean, what changed? Coaching? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if they brought in a new Q, QB guy for him, QB coach, yeah. whatever. I don't know. But uh something something happened where it this sort of thing, this progression is natural. When you see the game clearer as the as the years go on. When you're more experienced, when you can see where people are blitzing from, the decision it becomes 
you know, the decision process becomes easier and you see these guys take big leaps. So, yeah. you know, again, it's tough to judge, but I think a lot of these guys have potential to really take the next step in better situations with better talent around. Them. Definitely. And sort of on a side note, I always, or Justin Herbert drives me crazy, his name, because there's just, not Justin Herbert, Justin, you see, that's why he drives me crazy. Justin Fields drives me crazy because there's Justin Herbert, and then there's Khalil Herbert, <laughs> Khalil Herbert, who's a running back on uh, on Chicago, and then there's Justin Herbert, the quarterback in LA, and I always screw those two up. <laughs> just make sure if, uh, if you have them in fantasy, you're putting the correct one in your <laughs> You know, oh yeah, there's uh, I saw something recently where uh, someone uh, I believe someone picked up or like used a waiver, uh, or like their fab budget <laughs> or whatever on the wrong oh man, was it Amari Rogers or something like that instead of Aaron? <laughs> or what, no, it wouldn't have been Aaron Rodgers, it was something like where it was like a similar name and it, they ended up dropping a pretty decent player for a very <laughs> like a no named sort of guy that wouldn't be on anyone's roster. Instead of the guy they actually wanted, and they spent money, and it's got to got to dot your eyes and cross your t's for sure. But exactly. yeah, that's it's funny stuff. Funny stuff. All right. So now, in terms of every all of the wide receivers, tight ends, running back, so all of the other offensive pieces from the draft that might be on your fantasy team. So you've got at the number four pick Kyle Pitts, followed by Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle. Devonta Smith, um, you know, and you go down the list. Now, these players have actually all done pretty well, right? We have Jamar Chase, who's the early uh, Rookie of the Year candidate. You have Kyle Pitts, who has also really stepped up. He's made some incredible catches so far this season in Atlanta. And again, another bit of a shaky situation uh, especially with Calvin Ridley there. And then you go down Jalen Waddle. You know, again, the Miami situation is not great. Um, and, you know, Devonta Smith, also the Eagles offense, has probably exceeded expectations of most. And looking back at Kyle Pitts, right? Atlanta, with the exception of last Thursday, clearly not a horrible team as you might expect having the fourth pick in the draft. So how did Atlanta get to that point in the draft where they're able to pick up a star like Kyle Pitts to their roster? So, I mean, the the Falcons are and have for a while underachieved with, with some of the talent they have. And listen, Matt Ryan's at the, in the twilight years of his career, (laughs) which is crazy when you have Brady, who's like 60. But, um, <laughs> you know, they his offensive line has not been solid for quite a while now, right? Um, which, again, for someone who's not mobile and for someone who's, you know, up there in age, not ideal. Um, you know, so, of course, just, you know, in, in injuries and stuff like that and losing Julio for parts of the season, Calvin out for, like, last season was just a rocky road that led them to that top pick. And, you know, with that, they end up taking Kyle, Kyle Pitts, who is, is, and I said this on the the last time I was on, I remember correctly, uh, that, uh, he was one of the best players in the draft, like just overall football players. 
Yeah. And from what I'm seeing, again, I'm not going to say that the team's doing well, but he is a phenomenal talent. He is fantastic, and they're they're lining him up at wide receiver. He's just an oversized wide receiver at this point. He's he's all over the formation, which is fantastic. And with uh, this whole list of guys you just mentioned, these pass catchers, they're all kind of in a similar boat where they almost all of them where they they're coming into a situation, and the one in, in uh, Atlanta is a little bit interesting and kind of um, unusual. You know, I'll talk about that in a second where they are the guy they in the passing game. They are the, the, the whole show. Right. And that wasn't supposed to be the case for Kyle Pitts because of Calvin Ridley being the, the, you know, the, the veteran, the returning veteran, the now stepping in the wide receiver one role with Julio yep. in, in Tennessee and not so much the case. So, but with that, he's been, he's been phenomenal. Now he had a rough week last week. Yeah, okay. against the 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 Patriots, they take away your number one threat all the time. But <laughs> and that's just their mo. They're going to take away your number one offensive threat and forget about. It. And they're running with like RB twos, RB three, like third string, fourth string running back. Well, I don't know where. So the they Patriots running back chance. situation is kind of crazy right now. But uh, oh no, listen, I I'll tell you right now, they. Th- I'll tell you right now, the Patriots have a shot here. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but hey, I'm, I, but if they did, I would not be completely shocked. Their team, I would not have thought this coming into the year. Maybe I should have. Is so well rounded, and they're coming on so strong. And think about the—they almost beat the Bucks. They almost beat the Cowboys, right? They are coming on super strong when it matters. We're heading into the cold weather season. They're in New England, right? Their running game, their run blocking, their run schemes fantastic they're hitting holes these guys are and they got uh, uh you know between um uh damian harris and ramondre stevens they have a fantastic one-two punch there i yep. mean really really they are impressive and then you got brandon bolden the guy he might be brady's age uh but <laughs> he's been in the league forever and he's coming in on passing i mean just they're pass catchers that's the one issue i have like if we yeah. can get these guys going but mac jones is starting to step in his own you know, they're not relying so much on the running. They are a running team, run first team, I would say, but he is starting to air it out. His he just he is the guy too. It is people have to be kicking themselves. You know, and he again, if he goes to a jack I don't think he'd be the number one pick if even if we did the draft over. But if if he was, let's just hypothetically say that, I don't think he's doing nearly as well as he is now if he was in Jacksonville, because as we said earlier, the situation is horrible. The you know, talent around coaching, but for him to come, he landed in the perfect spot for his game. And if you remember, I don't know, you, you this might've been before your time when Brady won his first, first Super Bowl, he wasn't great. <laughs> like he wasn't, he wasn't the goat. you know, he wasn't uh, the guy that you rely on to go and win you the game. He managed the game, you know, he made his throws here and there, but they relied on that defense. They relied on, you know, a, a solid running game in New England back then at the, at, at the beginning of the run, like 2001, whatever it was. So with that, I think they have a real shot here. And I'm really impressed. But back to these, like, so. Well, one comment yeah. about that. Sure, sure, I sure. think that if the Patriots make a real playoff push, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Mac Jones, if that is the case, wins the Offensive Rookie of the Year because – that would require him, like you were saying, not great pass options. So, you know, I think that that would mean that he 
would in fact step up to whatever the case is. And they did. They spent a bazillion dollars in free agency. They get both Janu Smith and Hunter Henry, right? Two great tight ends in this league. And Janu Smith hasn't quite seen as much of this success this year. But Hunter Henry, he's sure had a couple uh, spotlight plays. And, but yeah, back to... Kyle Pitts. In fantasy, he's the fourth-ranked tight end on the year, averaging 11.3 points. Um, You know, obviously against the Jets in London, he put up almost 27 points, which, I mean, again, it's the Jets. But Everything's in context here, right? You know? Yeah. But, but what's interesting is, right, they go Jets by Miami. And then again, in Miami, 23.3 points. So, Ultimately, for him, it's been a lot of boomer bust, as you'll often see in fantasy. Um, especially for rookie tight ends. Typically, yeah. they are hard to trust. But this guy, like I said, so talented, and they're not even lining him just up at tight end. Where, again, tight end, it's a lot of like you might be blocking one play and, and have to stay yep. in line. So yep. there's a lot more to worry about as opposed to like, hey, go be, go get open, run your route, you know, do what you got to do as a wide receiver. But And that's where he's playing. A lot of times. So um, they're asking a lot of them. They need to because of the situation with Calvin Ridley. And I hope he, you know, uh, is in a good place and gets to a good place. But, um, you know, there, a lot is on this rookie. And and that's that's the thing with these guys that you just mentioned. Devonta Smith, not so much him where he he is the number one target, but it's not like they are. They're they're They've really kind of went run heavy as of late. Um, but Jalen Waddle. He's he's the guy. You got Gesicki, I guess, would be the one B or the two there as far as pass catching goes. But uh, as a tight end, but uh, Jalen Waddle, he's being relied on. This guy's getting the ball thrown to him like a hundred times a game. You know, so that's a guy coming in. And again, wide receivers, rookie wide re- rookie wide receivers come in and usually take some time to develop. But here are some guys that are coming. In. Jamar Chase was on a record setting pace and is lighting the league on fire. Uh, as a rookie with a sophomore quarterback. So it's just like you're starting to starting to see some of the tide turn with these, these quick turnarounds on, on young players. Right. Um, especially these guys picked to be picked to be great. Jamar chase, you know, top 10 pick yeah. um, waddle, you know, well, okay. We'll see with Miami. I can, <laughs> we always got to give that little disclaimer. Yeah, we'll see about the jets, Miami and all these other people, but um, you know, you're seeing these turnarounds really quick as far as talent starting to come to the forefront uh, for these guys. And, um, you know, I got to imagine that all those teams that took those players, unless they needed a quarterback are feeling pretty good about those picks. Maybe the dolphins are thinking, you know, I think they were really on the, in on the Deshaun Watson thing and who knows what will happen next year and how yeah, that all plays out in the core system. Right. You know, so, and that's, that's the, when you when you don't see the Broncos go for uh, a Fields when they could have, and you know all these other people or Mac Jones even uh, at that point. And let's not forget um, Jimmy Garoppolo. They could have tried trading for him right? also. Yeah, I mean ton of ton of options here, uh, and to you know you got to think pot. You know you don't know, but you got to think. Do they have a backup plan that they feel pretty confident about? Like a Watson wants to go to Miami, or maybe they know Rogers is leaning, but Denver leaning this way. Steelers, you know there was some talk about. Uh, Rodgers going to the Steelers potentially. You know, there's all rumors everywhere, but who knows what's what's true, what's not. But you got to question the, some of the decision making there and see 
again, they, they know more than we do as far as what their intentions are, of course. But, you know, with those, the, the four pass catchers, fan, I think they're going to have fantastic careers. And it's just about getting there. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the team, the system coming around them. And, you know, I don't think the Bengals are going to make much of a run this year, but I really think they are with the talent, with the offensive talent. Once the line gets even stronger there, the defense is okay. They they can sure up some things there. Um, they could be a team that, that people worry about. As long as they're quicker. not playing Mike White. Right. <laughs> hey, listen, you know, you never know. But um, we'll see. We'll see. It's Like I said, these uh, it's hard to tell with rookies, but some of them really pop, really pop. And it's been fun. It's been fun for fantasy, too, uh, having these Jamar Chase types and and uh, and seeing them uh, go off, which is nice, you know. Now, just one more minute to tell you about fanatics.com before we get back to the show. So the college football playoffs are coming up. Maybe you want to get a t-shirt. You know, maybe you're a Georgia fan, a Michigan fan, Alabama, Cincinnati. Go get yourself a nice college football playoff shirt. If you're Cincinnati, Michigan, or Georgia, it's not every year you make the college football playoffs. Alabama, they're in a different category in terms of college football programs. But, you know, anything you want, your favorite team, they've got it on fanatics.com, NFL, NBA, everything, MLB, NHL. Maybe you watch the MLS Cup, you want to get yourself an NYCFC shirt, you can go ahead and do that on fanatics.com. And if you go down into the show notes, click the link there, then your purchase will be tracked back to me where I'll get a kick of it to help support the show at no extra cost to you. Two more players in this draft that I want to ask you about. Uh, The first is going to be Najee Harris. He was the first running back taken, number 24 overall to Pittsburgh. What we've seen out of him, especially fantasy-wise, he has really played well in terms of putting points up. Now, at the same time, I'm not sure even if he's scored a touchdown yet this season, um, looking that up. But right when we see someone like him, especially, again, fantasy-wise, uh, he's in a decent situation in the sense that, you know, Big Ben's getting older. They do have two reasonable uh, wide receivers, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, but definitely in need of a running back, and he's definitely uh, played well in that role. So when it comes down to where to pick a running back in the draft, right, when Saquon Barkley was picked number two overall, a lot of people were like, you're taking a running back with the second overall pick? And in retrospect, obviously, he hasn't really stayed on the field quite as much as everyone would have liked him to. But, you know, the the talent is definitely still there. So, in retrospect, should Najee Harris have gone higher? Or he's still running back and you can find them everywhere? See, I think when you hit the, the later part of the first round, like you said, he was the 24th overall pick. You're getting towards the end of the end of the first round. If there's a player like Najee Harris available and that's a weakness on your team, I'm all for that. 
you know, uh, if if you have a glaring weakness and someone's available, I got to imagine most GMs are going to pick, like if there's a offensive tackle that's available at that, at 24 and they desperately need one, they're going to take. But if they felt like the people on their board at that point um, didn't suffice, you know, didn't weren't worthy of that pick, like the people that were available at that point, and you think that and Najee Harris is a fantastic running back that is a dual threat, which is what they needed. They don't have like James Connor's out the door. They have Benny Snell on the roster, and okay, what's he going to do? You know, so for them to go out and get um, get Najee Harris is I thought I thought it was a good pick and. They've been pretty run heavy, you know, in the sense of Roethlisberger's up there in age. Uh, his 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 balls are not uh not uh, as accurate as they used to be. His you know his his passing skills are deteriorating uh, pretty quickly. So it's just like where where they're at their franchise picking Najee Harris there is not only gonna patch up some of the 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 bad parts of. Um, Roethlisberger's game, but it's also going to be a nice transition for whoever ends up coming there next. If it's a rookie, if it's you know one of these free agents that come out of the market, uh, you know that are relatively young, could be good for good. Could be good for them to be able to rely on a guy, and and he's a checkdown machine too. Like he's tar- highly targeted in the passing game, so he's kind of like a a, a dual like sort of part time receiver for them too, which is nice. Um, again, for someone who can't really throw the ball consistently well down the field like he used to. So I think it's a solid pick. I, I don't hate it. Uh, I think if they were doing the draft again, they'd probably take him again is my guess, just based on what he's been able to do for him. He's just fantastic. He's, he's the type of, he's the type of running back that if you can get him late in the first round, you you are more than happy to do it. But yeah. I, when you're picking first, second, third overall, you know, top 10 running back, unless it's, I don't. I can't think of someone even now that to me says, "Oh God, I gotta get him." If you don't get him, you're screwed. Like yeah. I, that. There's not no one that comes to my mind that's even in, in the league right now. There's great running backs. Jonathan Taylor is going to be fantastic for a long time, and I don't want to, you know, knock on wood here. I don't want to jinx him, but but he's he stayed healthy. Let's hope that continues, especially for his fantasy managers out there. But for him, he's been so good. I mean, he's scoring from all over the field: thirty yard touchdown, seventy yard touchdown. I mean, he's all over the place. Um, breaking tackles this, you know, so there's these guys that are fantastic that I'd want on my team. But if I, if, if I have to pick them in the first 10 picks or something like that, 15 picks, you can wait, you can get great running backs late in these drafts. Like we said earlier. So not just that, but look at Baltimore, their <laughs> entire running back core gone preseason. Their entire running back core is, is their quarterback. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. That, that is a separate argument. Yeah. So right. let's say by label running back court. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. you know, right. they are able to go out. They get like Le'Veon Bell, who everyone thought was done. And they wind up releasing him uh, again last week. But, you know, they're able to put something together where, again, they had like that 100-yard uh, rushing per game streak that eventually ended um, a few weeks back, uh, I think it was on Monday Night Football, actually. But, right, and a large part of that is Lamar Jackson. But at the same time, he's not rushing for 100 yards a game. So there are still, 
<laughs> I should walk that back. He's not rushing <laughs> for 100 yards a game, Every game. most games. <laughs> right, right, right. So, yeah, the running backs have definitely had room to get in there. But Well, yeah. well let me let me speak to that. There's the idea of the room to get in there. Defenses, when they have to account for not just a mobile running quarterback, but a running quarterback like Lamar Jackson, who also can beat you deep, like through the air. When you when you are dual threat in that way and that effective at it, a fake hand like a play action, <laughs> any of these things, it, you stop defenses in their tracks. That's why Devonte Freeman, who might be, you know, uh, what fifty years old? No, he, he's been in the league for how long? I I can't. It's been yeah. so long. That's why he's able to get lanes. That's why Le'Veon Bell, who is not the same player he used to be is able to get lanes and, and, and pick up 10 yards here, 10 yards there, seven yards there. Like when you, when as a defense, you have to, you, you become flat footed. You can't, you can't make decisions as quickly as you want to, especially when you know he can pull that ball right back in, either run with it or hit Marquise Brown over the top. You know, it's just like, yeah. And, and again, they, the receiving core, when you looked at it going into the year, you're like, okay, good. Marquise Brown has potential, but he hasn't really lived up to it. Marquise Brown has been fantastic. Now he's out this week with a thigh injury. I have him in one of my leagues. Very sad Damn. about that, but oh, thanks. But uh, so he's on, he's on the bench this week, but you know, get, get well soon. But uh, Mark Andrews, fantastic talent at tight end. And he's, he, he's another guy he relies on heavily. And then they, they drafted this Bateman kid who I think is going to be fantastic. And we'll see this week if he can step into the kind of Hollywood Brown role and, and, and really shine there. Um, but I, I think there's a lot there's a lot for the Ravens to feel good about going forward. Their defense has underwhelmed this year. It hasn't been to the <clears throat> typical um, Ravens-level style defense here. But uh, I think going forward, that's a team that's got to feel just really good. They got young talent at wide receiver, at, at tight end. They got a quarterback who is a running back slash a good quarterback. <laughs> they got, you know, they'll, they'll get a running back. Hopefully they don't go taking them in you know in the early first, well here's the thing with them they don't have an early first round pick next year is my guess because i think they'll be making a playoff front here but um just supremely talented and, and again you got someone who's that good and that varied in what he can do to you as a defense it's not impossible to stop but it is very hard and that's why you have these running backs that are again so old <laughs> you know and not the players they used to be actually succeeding it's it's a credit to the team it's a credit to the scheme and it's credit to the talent yeah all right so now one last rookie that i want to talk about and we'll just (laughs) cover him quickly because i do want to get to a little bit of fantasy uh players would you pick them up in what situations would you pick them up etc so the last rookie and this sort of is a good transition into that Kadarius tony the 20th overall pick by the Giants, a little bit of a you drafted him moment because, you know, many people predicted him to be either like a really late first round pick or second round pick. Anyway, right. The Giants, even Kadarius himself, they have gone through plenty of injuries this year and the receiving core has been different every single week. And every time I hear, oh, yeah, yeah, um, you know, get, uh, you know, pick up Kadarius Tony. He's been playing great. He'll do this or that. And 
ultimately, like every time I just look through his numbers for each week, they're just not great. He has a couple spikes here and there, but you know, those are kind of outlier situations against not great teams. So in fantasy, are you picking him up? Are you still trying to trade him away and get someone for him? What's going on there? So I wasn't able to uh, get him in any of my leagues. I didn't put a huge amount of money, like, you know, for the fab leagues that I'm in, the free agent acquisition budget uh, stuff. So I didn't spend a lot of money on him like that. I'm pretty good wide receiver in a lot of my spots, but I do understand the the um, desire to want him on your team. And I, and I get the desire to want to have him on the Giants, like for their for the actual team, um, just because he is supremely talented. I mean, he he is f- super fast. Um, you know, and you see these wide receiver burner types like the Tyreek Hills that can just be a game changer on a handful of plays, you know, like a small amount of plays. If they they can really bust open a game. Um, so I get it. I just didn't get it for them there. Um, like you said, I just you know, they have things they need to work on. Their defense, not good. <laughs> like they and then they traded out of that pick, right? It's the, the they traded yeah. out of their early, early uh, was it 12th, 12th overall? They were they were towards the top of the draft there. Um, that's where the Bears ended up taking fields. But you know, you got them at why not shore up the offensive line a bit more? Uh, you know, go with a defensive player there. I mean, to me, now I'm trying to remember. Maybe you remember. Did the Cowboys pick ahead of them or no? Yeah. Well, I think they were supposed to, but didn't they flip? They did pick ahead of them after they traded, but they wouldn't have, right? I I know what you're saying because they did make a trade. Because I know originally. The Cowboys flipped with the, that's what it was. The Cowboys flipped with the Eagles, I believe. Yeah. So the right? Cowboys went. It was supposed to be the Cowboys, Cowboys had the 12th pick, which was originally supposed to be the Eagles. The Cowboys right. were supposed to have the 10th pick. Tenth. And the Giants, and the Giants had the 11th. Yes. Supposed to have the 11th. So how, they must be kicking themselves. Micah Parsons for my, my Cowboys. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, Ooh. I think what a lot a of it was character concerns, but in retrospect, sure. he's but been hey, fine for the most part. His character on the field this year? Oof. Well, oh and goodness. it's not like Kadarius <laughs> Tony has been much better. So in that right. Respect. Well, yeah, and that too, you know. But he is, he is. Ooh, he, he looks, he looks really good. And yeah. and this defense, I mean, again, we're not like top of the league as far as like I don't think we're this eighty-five bear style of defense. You know, we're we're giving up a ton of points most weeks, right? I mean, even to the Broncos. But you know, <laughs> I we but we have the makings. So. With, so we're we're in almost any game, you know. We can beat. I think you know. I'm not just trying to be a homer over here, but <laughs> I think we can beat anybody in the league. We came close with Tampa Bay. They kind of um, the the Bucks put themselves in that situation. It should not have been as close. But hey, listen, you can play. You play that team. You you do what you got to do. But um, I gotta imagine the Giants are kicking themselves. I think they could have used that pick better. They could have not traded out. You know. Well, I I think. That pick you can't fully judge until obviously they until got himself. another first rounder. But this but I will year. say this. So look, but the receiving core is not is nothing to you know. Yeah, I mean, listen, going it. into this year, I thought I was totally confident as a Giants fan. Obviously, that's going to blur some things through that lens. 
but <laughs> Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard is is a, he's a solid man. Uh, Darius Slayton, you know, he's he's pretty. If Darius Slayton's your number three, you're okay. Um, and then who was it that they go out and get like Josh Ross or John Ross? Yeah, John Ross, who's a speedster type. Name. Yeah, so you got all these all these guys that are you know can fill in. You have you had depth. That's why it's like for me. Did you get? I think Kadarius Tony can have a great career, and I think he could finish the year pretty strong for the Giants. And here's another thing. Giants are going to be down in most games and they have been. Um, mm-hmm. So you're going to need to continue to put the points up on the, on the scoreboard there. So, you know, throwing the ball is where you want to go with that. But it's just, for me, I don't think that they needed that. There were other needs, but again, I think they got a supremely talented guy, you know, who knows how long some of the receivers that they have currently on the roster are going to be there, but they gave a good amount of money to um to Galladay, who just signed this year. So you know, yeah, I mean, it's it's Not an interesting that one. Yeah, well, <laughs> especially with the cap situation. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, if he can get back healthy, I mean, I think because uh, it's like um, there's no rapport being built. I felt like he's he's been out for so long. He's you know, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Monday night, we'll see. You know, we've got a really tough test. However, the Bucks passing defense is is not not uh not what it used to be um so the giants i think could put up some points this year uh, that that's mainly due to injuries but nonetheless yeah hey listen again you can only play who's on the other side of the field that's it so yeah (laughs) i mean in especially like with that deal and so much of the money is guaranteed and it really i mean until the salary cap really expands over i forget what what year they said that uh you know that they project it's going to increase a lot by but right now i mean like i have a friend whose father like went to college or whatever with the giants assistant general manager kevin abrams Mm -hmm. and kevin abrams right like he's the giants capologist they say like He's the one that manages the cap. And I feel like Dave Gettleman gets a lot of, you know, the talk that, you know, again, some of that is with him, but they did try to fix up some of that cap situation last year. But a lot of that is just kicking the can down the road. And eventually, if you kick the can far enough down the road, theoretically, the salary cap will be large enough eventually that it won't matter but that means you're also locked in with that player for the next four years. Right. Not always what you want, no. but I, I do think <laughs> that Dave Gettleman gets a little more hate than he deserves with everything that's gone on with the giants, but makes sense. You know, it's just uh, when you underperform for so long fan, in a New York fan base, I know you're up in Toronto, but the New yeah. York fan base down here, <laughs> they are, uh, they are loud and they want, they want their success and they want it now. Um, it's a, it's a tough and, and market. And that's in every GM, sport. Coach, it's not exclusive uh, to football. Oh, true, true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's um, we'll see. I mean, who knows? If Daniel Jones ends up being, if he continues to progress, I think he's, I think he's a nice, I think he's a nice player. I think he uh, has potential, and he's got the mobility a bit there. I think if they lean into that a little bit and kind of, again, he's not Lamar Jackson, he's not Kyler Murray, but if they can lean into that and kind of make defenses fear it a bit you know again not the same level as these other guys but just use that a little bit but develop him as a pocket passer as well and um they like like we said they have the talent at wide out they have 
Yeah. They have pieces, so we'll see. Yeah, so now, I mean, realistically, personally, I've been trying to stay away from the NFC East, except for, I guess, really just Dak or CD. But, I mean, in sort of similar situation in a way with both the Cowboys and the Buccaneers is they just have so many different receivers to go to so many different options. And even it's a little, I mean, Zeke has still had a good year fantasy wise, but uh, Tony Pollard, like, you know, he's still been getting plenty of snaps and every time you, you turn on the game and I think he's number 20 and, Zeke is 21 and you see the two and you're like, come on, please be Zeke. That just ran that for fantasy wise, but (laughs) God, that was Pollard. who got that 11 point pickup, but, but I mean, there's just so many different options that eventually Amari Cooper has not had a great fantasy season. Now the bucks because of injuries here and there, especially with Antonio Brown, like I think Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, I think they all average more than 17 points per game in a PPR league, which is crazy. Three receivers on one team, again, partially due to injuries. But, I mean, how do you feel about having a player on one of those teams where, I mean, I haven't even mentioned tight ends or running tight ends yet. So, I mean, how do you feel about having players on those teams on your fantasy team? So just, I mean, to think about the Cowboys, to think about the um, the uh, the Bucks, I want a part of those offenses because I know they're going to put up points. And the whole point of fantasy is: can my guy get in the end zone? Can my guy? Are they going to be throwing the ball like, or running the ball? Whatever it is, are they going to be up and then want to run the ball? So I'm all, you know, th- there's the debate about like are there too many mouths to feed and all that. But for me, when it comes to, um a team like the Bucks that you know almost every week is going to have a tw- uh, you know upwards of 20 something 30 something points on the board there's there's love to share around now i don't want to stack like a billion of those players on my teams because you know on the days where it's CD Lamb and not Amari Cooper and you yep. know and i have both like eh. But again, but there will be weeks that I have both and I'm like, I won my matchup because of that. Maybe I had Dak and so it's just like, give me the players on offenses that I know are going to move the ball that I know can move it through the air and, and, uh, and on the ground, you know, that are well-rounded teams. Um, and I'm good with that. You know, get, give me a, a receiver who has a quarterback that's going to throw the ball 30 something times, you know, um, give yeah. me, give me. <laughs> Give me uh, players that have, you know, a bad defense. They're on a bad defense. Excuse me. Their team has a bad defense, but a very good offense. Again, the Bucks aren't a horrible defense. They're great against the run, but they are giving, giving up points through the air. So give me those players because I know that most weeks, not all, but most weeks, I have the potential for shootout potential. I mean, if you look at the Cowboys over-unders for most of their games, they're in the high 40s. They're in the low 50s. This one against the Chiefs is like 50, uh, somewhere in the mid-50s. Um, I want all of that action. You know, if I yeah. have Hill and, uh, you know, that's where I don't mind if there's a running back and a, and a wide receiver on the same team, get, give them to me. I'll take them. I'll take them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you don't want them, give them to me. But, uh, 
yeah, I know. I, I see what you're saying. It's just, you just never know some weeks who's going to have it, but that could be anybody on any team. You know? And at the same time, it's all about where you play them. If you play them as a flex, you have different expectations sure, than sure. if you play them as your wide receiver one, right? right. CD lamb or Amari Cooper, I'm, Amari Cooper, better example for this case, right? He's had games where, yeah, he's definitely been the wide receiver one, but at the same time, realistically, it's probably safer if you use him more as a flex player, which, you know, if you said that last year, you'd probably be crazy because it's not like he's gotten worse. It's just that you he's know, just inconsistent. That's there's I only mean, that's, so much cake to <laughs> slice. Right. Yeah. And, and the inconsistency, listen, fancy football is all about maintaining, maintaining the most consistency you can and mitigating risk. Can I mitigate risk? Can I get rid of the risk here? Who's going to, who is going to give me the most points this week? People, you know, when people will set their lineups, they'll be like, oh, well, my opponent has da, 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 da. Don't worry about who your opponent has. Worry about who you have and who is giving you the best chance to score the most points. I mean, it sounds so simple and it is. Making the decisions can be tough, but that's why, you, you know, you're informed. You go to, you know, when I'm doing the podcast, you go to airing it out with Joe Daly or the <laughs> website, or you go to RotoWire where I'm currently writing, but uh, <laughs> you know, that's in the people are there to help you. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's um, that's, and that's the fun part of fantasy. That's why I'm so passionate about fantasy. It's, it's fun. You know, you got kind of get almost a, um, a glimpse into the world of being a GM or a coach and you know, how am I going to do this again? Much different, of course, but those decision makings to me, that whole process of decision making is so fun and engaging and, you know, I co-own a team with one of my close friends and, uh, you know, just the conversations we'll have like, yeah, I think this guy did it. You know, um, we made a, a flex decision that, you know, many might have seen as kind of risky, but I, I, you know, just based on matchups and stuff thought, OK, I think this is the right call and it might pay off. We'll see. But um, and all the smack talk that can go on within. A oh, league yeah. If it's with friends or family. That, oh, yeah. That's always fun. And that's that's the, that's the other big part of it. It's fun. It's it's uh it, it brings it brings people together in a way that is unique, you know, um, as opposed like it's it's just a different way of bonding with the people you, uh, you know, your friends, your loved ones, um, you know, where you can trash talk and it's fun and it's, you know, you razz each other. Oh, what would happen? With, oh, well, look, I got that guy you wanted, you know, yeah. um, it's just that's what makes fantasy amazing, you know. All right. So now I have sort of two more things I want to talk about before I let you go. Uh, one, I mean, neither of them are too long. Uh, first, San Francisco, more specifically receivers and tight ends. So George Kittle comes back from the IR a couple of weeks ago. He was like 90% owned in ESPN leagues while on the IR, yet managed to be unowned in both of my leagues. So I stepped on that pretty quickly. And someone dropped though- him or? I don't even know what it was. I mean, I could look, but hey, I'll take it. And, you know, in one league, I have Kelsey already. And in the other league, I other league, I have Darren Waller. So, you know, it's not like I'm in heavy need of a tight end. So in one you have a you have a you have a locked in flex. Yeah, one of those tight ends is your flex. The other one's your tight end. And you don't have to worry. Blink an eye. You don't have to. Lose an ounce of sleep <laughs> over any of that. You are done. <laughs> yeah. Well, so then there's the thing. Like, I'm also thinking, okay, well, I could probably throw him in 
to a trade. So I wind up trading Kittle in one league before, I, I think it was the week before he came back, or maybe it was the week after, so just that one game. Retrospect, I might have wanted to keep him based off of how he's played. But then he comes back, and one of the breakout fantasy wide receivers this year, Debo Samuel, does this affect him? And in one league, I do have Debo and Kittle. So again, sort of that overlap uh, negates some risk there. But what are your feelings on how this affects, I guess, the entirety of the San Francisco offense? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, well, first of all, having both of them on your team, I, I, I like that. If I could have Debo, who is the number one in their passing attack outside of Kittle, like as far as wide receivers go, I, you know, I don't have Debo in any of my leagues. I would love to have Debo in, in, in one of them. Um, and Kittle again is, is he's a reliable target for Garoppolo. And hopefully if it's Trey Lynch, it becomes one frame too. But um, what's great about Debo himself is that he is, they give him the ball. They draw a place for him out of the backfield, jet sweeps. I mean, he's got the ball in his Last hands. Last week so yeah, much. Just screen passes. So they use him. And again, that's the, uh, that's the uh, an example of a great system where you're these players yeah. and again Trey Lance is going to be going into a great system where they know how to use the people and the talent that they have. They can harness that and use it to to be successful. Now, as a team overall, they haven't been overly successful, but you know, some things have gone into that. However, what I will say is this. I think those two together can can at least in the league they have them both can win you a championship this year because, and maybe not just the two of them, if you have a solid team around them, um, <laughs> they have a great schedule going forward, which I mentioned with regards to Trey Lance earlier. If he ends up or Gar- or listen, Trey Lance or Garoppolo, whoever's the quarterback has a great playoff schedule in the fans. So if you make the playoffs, you know, they're going to, they're going to be able to throw the ball effectively in those final weeks. I'm good with the, both of those. Now, if you, the one that you have um, Kittle, is it also Waller or, you know, who, who's that one is Kittle and Kelsey <laughs> Kelsey. All right. I don't know when your trade deadline is, but if you are struggling at running back, if you're struggling at, you know, uh, any of these positions, then I, I, I'm, I love to trade. I'd love to at least talk trades, even if they don't yeah. end up happening. I want to like, you know, kind of grease the wheel, see what I can get going. But um, there might and be just test the is, market for it. Well, what do players want? want yeah. To give up. But listen, tight end is at such a premium because there's yeah. so few that you can rely on. You have two of arguably the best outside of you know, <laughs> Waller's up there too, of course. Um, but even he's been a little Waller, underwhelming. Pitts, I mean, Pitts, you know, there but, aren't that many. Yeah, and, and even, again, Pitts, Waller started out hot, but he's been cold lately, yeah. uh, you know, but I think he'll pick up. Uh, oh, my God, the on. game against the Giants, he had like three targets in the touch in, or in the end zone. And he dropped all three of them. It was driving me crazy, even though I'm a Giants fan. <laughs> everyone has, yeah, everyone has their days, you know, uh, or just things don't hit right. But, um, you know, I, I honestly think that if you can, if you can flip it and, and maybe you are struggling or you're kind of weaker at running back and someone's really strong or wide receiver, whatever it is, if you can get yeah. one of those positions where you have to fill up multiple spots, because tight end, you only need the one. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Kelsey. Oh wait, Kelsey's got a buy coming up. So you might, well, maybe, mm. maybe try to flip him. I don't know. So that way you kind of buy yourself um, that, but uh, 
you know, if you can flip one of these guys into like a top tier name, or maybe you do a little package deal, I don't think that's horrible either. Um, yeah. What you want to do is again, by the end of the year, mitigate risk. You want to get as take the risk out of your team and say, these are the consistent guys I can rely on most weeks to put up X amount of points. Like look at the, look at the point totals in your league every week. Check out the average. Look at your players and say, can they, can that, can I trust these guys to, if I, if I kind of estimate project, can they get to that or beyond? And if you think so, then you are doing your best to kind of lessen the risk and, and really, uh, you know, shoot for consistency and shoot for a team that you can feel confident starting each week, you know? Yeah. And one stat that I think should be more looked at in fantasy of all sports is the mean absolute deviation. I feel like I'm back, back in statistics class. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> when what that is, is just how far from their average are they typically, right? Because right. if you're boomer bust, then you're, mean absolute deviation or standard deviation is going to be gigantic. And that's the risk. Again, there are things that are good risks, but nonetheless risk. Uh, so all of that factors into it. Now, I mean, I, in this league where I do have uh, Kelsey and Kittle, I am five and five, but I have the highest points for in the league. So, Don't you love that? Yeah. <laughs> so, so then, I mean, when it comes back to the smack talk, it's like, oh, well, I beat you and, you know, I'm seven and three and you're five and five. And then you can always drop back on highest points in the league. But then again, <laughs> that's not what fantasy is. Anyway, yep. so lastly, uh, and then I'll let you go, just at each position, a player that you think, you know, not the best at that position, but someone that has high upside to come in these last few weeks that maybe hasn't been realized yet, or, you know, just someone that is underrated and maybe not as high uh, of a percent rostered. So starting it out, quarterback, what quarterback. is a quarterback that, you like for these last few weeks? Mm, mm, good question. So I can't say Kyler Murray because he has a great playoff schedule. I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> so don't go there. That's too easy. Um, yeah. I mean, for someone to finish off this year strongly, there's so many ways to go that in a lot of them are the top tier guys that I want to say here. Yeah. Um, but all right. Well, wait, let me ask you about this then Russell Wilson. Is he going okay. to come back and be Russell Wilson, a player that's mean absolute deviation probably isn't that high. He's a fairly consistent player, not against Green Bay where they get <laughs> shut out. But, you know, in general, at the beginning of the season and in the past, you know, a relatively stable guy. How do you feel about him for the rest of the year? Yeah, I mean, I Pete Carroll has come out recently and say that we need to run the ball more, which is had been their MO for many seasons. Even Until with Russell Chris Wilson. Carson's now out for the season. And now he's out, but no, but he, he's, he's said that pretty recently while Chris Carson was still out. Um, yeah. And he's, you know, he's looking forward to seeing what his current guys are Sean Penny and Alex Collins can do to kind of carry the weight going forward. But I could see Russell Wilson really, um, they're still in contention. So I can see that, see them still pushing, but I don't know that they'll be in contention all the way through, but that doesn't mean he won't finish strong. I think there's a, he has a good shot to be a player. He's not here. Here's what I'll say. 
if he's on my roster, I'm not like benching him for anyone that's like there's there's not many people I would bench Russell Wilson for. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't bench Russell Wilson for most players. You understand what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. unless it was one of the top tier guys, uh, like a Josh Allen or, or uh, you know, one of those guys. Uh I think um going forward, look for Derek Carr to really show some things. They're in the playoff picture. Uh, and and they've been pushing the ball through the air quite a bit, so I think he's someone that could um, help you help you finish off a, a strong uh, you know end of the year here. Um, another person that I think, and again, these are all people that are mostly owned, um, but Jalen Hurts, who's been up and down passing, but has been putting up pretty good fantasy numbers because of his legs. Yeah, I think he's someone again. They have a very nice schedule in the playoffs. Um, which is someone, you know, that's someone that I, I really think that as the year goes on, of course, you get more experience, you get a little better, 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 better. Um, I think that he could be someone that, again, it's not like, oh, let me go pick him up. He's probably not out there on your waiver wire, but he's someone that I think is where you might not be able to trust him week in and week out. You're like kind of clenching your seat as you're watching and he has like five points in the fourth quarter and then he ends up with like 21 fancy points by the end because he you know, throwing like crazy, they're behind or whatever. He's someone that I think with those matchups in the playoffs, kind of leading into the end of the year, they're not far out of it in the NFC East, but I don't think they'll give Dallas much of an issue there. And I certainly don't think they'll be in the wild card spot there, you know, or contending there. But uh, that's someone that I could definitely see, um, you know, kind of giving you more of a confident boost at the end of the year there. That just continues to drive me crazy with Jalen Hurts in last year, week 17. And it was against Washington. The Giants had beat the Cowboys earlier that day. And all they needed to do to go to the playoffs was the (laughs) Eagles to beat Washington. And instead, the Eagles put in... Who'd they put in in the second half? Oh, they put Carson Wentz back in in the second half, I think. And... uh, Maybe they wanted to give him his last snaps as an eagle. <laughs> yep. It's frustrating, man. I don't know. <laughs> and then Jalen Hurts comes out this year and plays phenomenal. Anyway, moving on and running back in wide receiver will be a bit easier to give a bit yeah. of an underrated player because there's more of them. But right. starting it off, running back, what is a high upside running back you're looking there's, at these last few weeks. There's a couple of guys. One of them that really sticks out to me, and it's someone that I've really kind of been high on since the off season. And that's, and especially kind of like really following the team with Rotowire closely, um, <laughs> as, uh, the Broncos beat guy was, uh, is Javante Williams. Um, every time he has the ball, he just looks like a pure, like going to whoop you right in the face. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> run. He is breaking tackles. Uh, like, he's breaking tackles better than some of the, the stars of the league, you know, and it's just like um, yards after tackles. He, he's just been absolutely fantastic, but he's stuck in that timeshare with Melvin Gordon there. And if you look at their stats, if you look at their game logs week in and week out, they're almost identical. It's, it's in, it's insane. Sometimes the touchdowns here, the touchdowns there, usually Melvin Gordon getting the touchdowns, but they're almost identical. If you look at the rushes, it's like seven rushes, nine <laughs> rushes, 10 rushes, 10 rushes. You know, it, it's insane. And it's like they're yards apart, you know, <laughs> um, which if people were, you know, if that was run running back, you'd be a pretty happy guy. But, <laughs> you know, uh, and you own you own that running back. But 
No, I mean, I think Javante Williams, again, Bron- the Broncos aren't going to be vying for a playoff spot. I think they're going to want to see kind of where they go. And Melvin Gordon's up there. He's been injury prone in the past. There's a chance as the season wears on, maybe something happens there. I think that uh, Javante Williams, if you don't have him on your team and he's been on someone's bench, see if you can throw uh, you know a decent look at the roster, see what they may need and package something for him because he could be someone that really steps up towards the latter part of the year. Um, again, kind of that bruising back, but has the speed as well. He's, he's really, really, really talented. Someone that you want to uh, keep an eye on. Uh, Daryl Henderson, again, these guys are typically owned, um, but Daryl Henderson is not one of those top tier guys in people's minds, but fantastic end of the season schedule. Really, and really good. Especially he has a bye this week. So, yeah. you know, he's sort of falling to the back of people's minds. Maybe a bit easier to go out and trade. Yeah, I mean, if you're good at running back, but you want to upgrade, you know, give them a, a pretty a good. So if they need someone this week, give them someone that's, you know, maybe relatively equal in talent or like someone a little less, uh, you know, <laughs> tear down, but then give them a wide receiver if you're good there. Whatever, if you can make some sort of package deal that kind of helps your team this week, if they need a win, um, that's something, yeah, you want to look at those. That's why, I mean, I love looking and kind of trying to figure out uh, if you, you've ever seen that meme with uh, Charlie from Always Sunny looking at the board and stuff, that's me when I'm looking at all the trade stuff, trade possibilities in all my league. Uh, you know, oh, if I move this guy, yeah, maybe they'll, you know. But um, he's someone that, again, fantastic on by this week, but has a great, great end of the season schedule to uh, to really get you get you going. David Montgomery been hurt for most of the year, kind of some, you know, he just came back a week or so ago. Um, really good end of the season schedule. Playoff schedule is fantastic. Um, you know, Khalil Herbert, like I said, he stepped in and he was pretty serviceable, but went back to the back burner. But he's someone that if you, you know, maybe you're playing with someone who's not as experienced or whatever, and they have him and don't know, oh, he's been out all year. What do I do? You know, see if you can go snag uh, David Montgomery because very similar to last year. Last year, he finished out the year so strong and, and helped people win fantasy championships as well if they uh, were lucky enough to have him. But um, he's someone, again, that I think can really uh, do some big things towards the end of the season. Um, okay, so then one last yeah. running back to look at here, coming off of injury, Kareem Hunt. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, if there's uh, if there's a team you can trust to um, s- s- at least relatively support two running backs for fantasy, it's, it's the Browns. They are a run-first offense, and they do it extremely well. Um, I think Dearness Johnson will go back to the third-string duties. Uh, once, uh, once cream hunt is, is back and healthy and, you know, we, we've seen Nick Chubb dealing with some injuries here. If they're going to make a playoff push, you want to make sure these guys are fresh. I think that split will go just back to what it was when we were, you know, um, when we were, uh, you know, when they were both healthy and, and all that. <laughs> so when he comes off IR, he's someone, again, if, if he's riding on someone's bench and you need some help at running back and, you know, you're looking to make a playoff push. He's someone they might want to look at because, you know, the Browns are, are, are run happy and um, they're yep. happy to run both of them. So, uh, <laughs> and, and, and he's up and listen, the, uh, the passing game has been underwhelming. So there's chances of them being down in games and he's, they both can catch the ball, him and Chubb, but hunt is, that's kind of his more, his specialty, um, you know, in open space there. So might be someone we want to look at for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's also pretty, highly owned but again you never know with where just like i found kittle in both of my leagues you never know with someone that's been on the ir for 
quite some time now. I was really shocked about, and I just want to say this kind of a side note um, with regards to like young running backs, Tyson Williams with the, uh, the Ravens, you know, you had, like you said earlier, all these guys that are like journeymen now that have been on a billion teams or 50 years old, Le'Veon Bell, they just cut Tyson Williams. I don't know if he's been in the doghouse or what it is. Maybe it's the pass protection stuff, but I mean, barely seeing any work, but this guy is fast. He is so quick. And, uh, you know, especially in that system with Lamar being the threat he is, I would love to see if they, if, if he picks up a little bit going forward, but that's like a deep, deep sleeper. Cause I, I don't know. I don't know if we can bank on that. Cause you think he would have been there instead of Freeman, you know, and, and those guys. Yeah. I mean, you never know with Baltimore. I mean, you feel like you might just see like an indeed job come up for, you know, <laughs> suspicious, uh, fast person located right. in Baltimore. Uh, the interview yep. brings some jogging pants, um, <laughs> birth years, 1963 <laughs> to 2000. You, you Wouldn't never be surprised. Know. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. No. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty wild, but, uh, you know, it, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens for sure. And uh, it's been crazy. Yep. So now lastly, and I know you've, we've already talked a bit about tight ends, uh, but, I guess, lastly, then a wide receiver that either coming off of injury or what they might look like the rest of the season. Right. So I think the wide receiver that I really feel strongly about going, finishing off the year would be Devonta Smith, um, the rookie out of uh, Alabama who's on the Eagles. And I, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Jalen Hurts has that really, really tasty uh, set of matchups for the fantasy playoffs. So obviously, if he has those tasty matchups, so does Devonta. So, <laughs> so to be able to kind of take advantage of that, you know, this he's come into this situation where he is the guy. He's the number one target, and most weeks, not all, he's been living up to it. But more recently, I mean, he put up a, as far as fantasy goes uh, in a half point and uh, full point PBRs, uh, upwards twenty plus points. You know, upwards of 20, 20 plus points past couple of weeks. But he's someone that I I, I think if he's on your roster. He might be uh, giving you the you know some some pretty big weeks to close out the year, and certainly if you're in those playoffs, again, he's one of those types that can catch a couple of touchdowns in one game because he is Jalen Hurts is locked in. It's him. It's a little you know he's far and away better than Rager, who yeah. is looking like I won't call him a bust because it's he's young yet, but not looking to be the player that they thought they were getting or hoped they were getting as of right now, uh, at least in the system that they're running. And then uh, Quez Watkins, I mean, who we, you know, Goddard's <laughs> been underwhelming. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's the Smith show. And it, again, if you have him on your team or if you, if you can go see if you can go swing to get him. And another thing with Smith is it gets underlooked a lot that he was teammates with Jalen Hurts in college for three years, I think. A lot of chemistry there. Or Yes, seven, oh, two years, 17 and 18. So just like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, you know, they were only apart for one year, but now Devonta Smith, that was two years, I believe, uh, right. because Jalen Hurts transferred to Oklahoma, but they still have that history together. And if you're the Eagles, when you draft him, it's definitely, in, maybe that might not be why you go and draft him, but it's another perk there. So. This has been a lot. This has gone on way longer than I expected it to, but it's been great. And I mean, Joe, with all the different things going on with you 
any last thoughts and then where can the listeners best find you? Yeah, no. Uh, so for sure. Listen, uh, I just want to say it's always fun talking to you and uh, you know, it, it's been a while here uh, as far as time, but it, it hasn't felt like it flew by. Cause uh, like I said, I love talking football with you fantasy and otherwise. So uh, thanks for having me on. If, uh, if you guys want to find me out there uh, for the time being, uh, most of my uh, fantasy attention is going to uh, my work over at Rotowire. If you have the ESPN fantasy app or uh, CBS or um, you know, any of those numbers, DraftKings and all that stuff, then you might be reading my work if you have like uh, Noah <laughs> Fant on your team or like you know uh, Cortland Sutton or one of these guys, Judy um, or Melvin Gordon. I, I've probably read your stuff sure, before, I'm, not I'm even you, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So or you know, and it's not just them. I get some other players in there too, but uh, a lot of my attention goes to those guys. But um, you know, so y- you can see those there, of course. But if uh, if you don't already, RotoWire.com, uh, RotoWire is everywhere. They're again one of the one of the heavy hitters in the fantasy industry, and I am just super humbled and, and and super excited to be a part of their, their team. I write a weekly article for them again, called the Sunday reactions or NFL reactions uh, every Sunday. And uh, you can catch catch that again. You got to subscribe to become a member of the, uh, you know, of, of RotoWire site for a lot of their content. Some, some I think is free, but regardless uh, you can uh, go check me out there. If you would airing it out.com has not been updated in quite a while with mm. all of my attention being on, on a uh, rotowire that stuff and kind of getting my foot in the door over there and um, you know, all that, but uh, in life, you know, but uh, <laughs> I will, as I said at the beginning, be uh, finishing off the year, kind of the end of the year playoff push um, opening up uh, with the podcast, airing it out with Joe Daly. It's wherever you find podcasts uh, that's airing it out with Joe Daly. It's a fantasy football podcast. We uh, get you ready for each week. Uh, we did get you ready for this week each week and well, at the end of the season in 2022 guys going to be a fantastic year. I'm super excited. And, uh, you know, uh, airing it out is going to, you know, we're going to start soaring and, uh, got, like I said earlier, got the technology ready, got the mics, the upgraded mic, the, you know, the interface over here, the editing stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's really exciting. It's all the tools and bells and whistles that I'm excited about. So, uh, thank you so much for having me, man. Always, always a blast. All right, thank you for listening to this extra long edition of the Substantiate Podcast. Again, as always, check out all of the links in the show notes for Substantiate social media links and to find Joe or to find Built Bar or Fanatics.com. So that is just down in the show notes. And so in terms of the next couple episodes for the podcast Uh, in two weeks i will not release an episode on december 29th because i will be on vacation at that time so hopefully it'll be january 5th or 12th uh, when the next episode is coming your way and i'm going to do everything I can to make sure it is on time this time because it was not an optimal situation to need to wake wait so many weeks before releasing this episode. But until then, have a happy new year, and we'll see you back here next year. Thank you for listening to this episode of Substantiate, the best way 
to help support the show is to number one, tell your friends about Substantiate. That is the number one way to support us. The second way is to leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Number three, follow us at SubstantiatePod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hello, I'm Anthony. And I'm Dr. Issues. And we're hosts of Capes on the Couch, the podcast where comics get counseling. Superheroes don't always get to go home happy. That's where we come in. We offer psychiatric and mental health analysis of comic book characters. So check us out at capesonthecouch.live and across all social media platforms at Capes on the Couch.